Hello, everybody. This is this is Josh Gondelman. Yep, that's right. It's me. And it's Make My Day, a comedy game show. Thank you all for being here live and in person. If you've never heard the show before, if you've never listened to the podcast, the premise is the world is a difficult place. And, and so we try to make it a little nicer for about 30 minutes every week. Usually, I play a game designed to cheer me up with one guest or a team of guests who's guaranteed to win because they're the only contestant. But this week, uh, on this episode, we have three guests competing against each other, which is huge, nearly unprecedented in the history of Make My Day. And all three of the guests are beloved panelists from NPR, uh, NPR's News Quiz. Wait, wait, don't tell me. Uh, the winner will receive a $100 donation to the cause of their choice or the charity of their choice. And then each contestant and I will give a pep talk to a, a person or a group that we think needs it this week because it's not all about me. It's just mostly about me. This is one of the first Friday nights in a year where you could have gone to a place and, and instead you stayed put and are enjoying this show with us. The ticket cost benefits Hatch Space and here to say a little bit about Hatch Space is our first contestant. He is the co-founder of the Hatch Space Woodworking Project in Brattleboro, Vermont. But you and I both know him, or you all, we all know him, from his numerous appearances on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Welcome to the show, Tom Baudet. Well, thank you, Josh. Thanks for having me on here. And thank you for, for doing this this live stream for us. And and everybody who's who's watching, you you too. Um, as Josh says, you could be doing a lot of things tonight, and you're doing this, and I so appreciate it. Um, Hatch Space is, um, is something that's very dear to me. Uh, it is a woodworking um, cooperative that uh, um, I uh, founded two and a half years ago. We've been working on it for years before that. Um, my co-founder, Greg Goodman, and I started off to, really, we just wanted to open a, a high-end woodworking gallery to show off the very best of the woodwork that happens in this in this area. When we opened two and a half years ago, um, we started giving beginner classes, classes um, just for women in woodworking, classes for kids, build your own skateboard. And it grew and grew until about a year and a half, about a year and three months ago, we were like at capacity. Every one of our classes was, was full and it was just booming. And, and then COVID shut us down and we've been closed ever since. But we're reopening next week, and hey. we used the downtime. To, we found a new location that um, we're able to be in without paying rent, which is going to really help us survive. Amazing. It's such a wonderful program. Thank you so much, John. Thanks for being here. Our next contestant on, on, on tonight's show, he is the host of Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me and the author of The Incomplete Book of Running, among many other books. It's Peter Sagal. Welcome to the show, Peter Sagal. Hey. Hey, thanks for being here. I, 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 I'm glad to be here, but I would like you to say in your most villainous voice, if you've got one, I don't yeah. know that you do, the tables have turned or something like that. <laughs> oh, I like that. Yeah. Right. Well, um, Go for it. I'm gonna, Go for it. Hold on. What if I turn around in my chair and Throw then that, I do, yeah. do that effect, do the whole Blofeld thing. Do you have a quick, can you have a cat to pet? <laughs> I do. My dog is in the other room, and she's very cat-like in that I need to really wrangle her. But I don't think it would just be a whole project. Okay. I <laughs> and it's also, right. if the villain from, you know, if one of those old-timey chair swiveling villains just had a pug 
on his arm, I think it would not be as menacing. I just, I just like the phrase "old timey chair swiveling villain." You know what I miss? <laughs> you old timey chair swiveling villain. <laughs> give it a try. Give it a try. <laughs> the tables have turned. I see. Yeah, you don't got that club in your bag. I know. Uh, it's not it's sad. Right. It is it's not. Sad. It's not my my greatest ability. No. Peter, so we yes. know Tom has co-founded a woodworking community space. What is your experience with woodworking? My experience with woodworking boils down to required shop class. <laughs> okay. Uh, in the eighth grade mm-hmm. at Columbia Middle School in Berkeley Heights, New Jersey. And we had kind of like the absolute stereotypical shop class teacher, just this gruff, mean old son of a bitch. <laughs> and it might have been looking back that he loathed woodworking and he had sure. decided that in order to prevent anybody else from falling into the same horrific <laughs> dead end life that he had yeah. of working with wood and machines all day that he would instill in us a loathing of it mm-hmm. so that it, we would never ever be tempted to go down his dark path but this is all i remember from that class is um we had to make things and make reports and this will mean something to tom who does this i i was planing something my project and i planed off the edge, right? So it's like I'm on the board and I plane toward the edge and off it, and it splintered and snapped, mm-hmm. right? The edge of my board, whatever I was working on. And I remember you had to write up a little diary of what you did that day, and I said, all right, you're not supposed to plane wood off the edge. I learned this the hard way, I wrote. And he sent it back when he reviewed it with a note saying, good. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got. Right. That's then. That, wow. Right. And, that's why I went into the more ephemeral arts, if you will. Right. And now stab <laughs> your hand with a chisel and write the exactly. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. The the hard way is the only way. <laughs> exactly. Although I have to say, I don't remember anything from woodworking classes. It's obvious, but I remember you don't plane the goddamn board off the edge because that'll wreck it. So you had a good point. I like that you're, I feel like there were so many teachers we had, not all, I had lots of wonderful teachers, but scattered throughout were teachers that really dissuaded you from wanting to know the things they were teaching in that Mm -hmm. way. And the opposite was every, we had D.A.R.E., where I grew up in Massachusetts, the Drug Abuse Resistance Education, where they came in and they were like, here's what drugs do, it's amazing, never consider it. And you're like, (laughs) wow, we should get the woodworking guy to talk about drugs, because, yeah. Because he knows how to make things sound unappealing. The fact that my trigonometry teacher had horrible dandruff and the worst breath of any human being I've ever smelled before or since is why I'm not an astronaut. (laughs) Otherwise, otherwise, it was just the dandruff. It's the halitosis that kept you away. (laughs) And our third contestant is a longtime, wait, wait, don't tell me panelist and the host of the podcast, Nobody listens to Paula Poundstone. Welcome to the show, Paula Poundstone. Thanks for being here. Hey, you guys. I was just... (laughs) (laughs) You didn't have my attention entirely because I was working on this... uh, uh, What is that project? project. Tom is staring at her thumb and wincing. I'm making a... uh, She's learning the hard way. I'm making a new house for myself. (laughs) Um... And this is going to be the bedroom. (laughs) (laughs) I was so terrified from the way you were holding that saw. I was like, we're going to have the world's first podcast fatality. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, surely there's been another one. (laughs) Well, we will be legends, though. 
<laughs> a, a minute ago, I had foolishly pulled back the end of it and let it go and thwacked myself oh, no. in the face. <laughs> yeah, because my my woodworking teacher in high school was curly, and uh, <laughs> so I've picked up some bad habits. Um, well, I'm so happy to be here. I, I I know I'm not the world's foremost expert on the shark. Sure. You had a saw. You had saw. I, do, I have a saw, and I have some. Some wood, uh, you know, Tom, I don't know how, sorry, I don't know how good this, uh, is this redwood? It's, it's red wood. I don't know if it's red wood. Okay. <laughs> well, isn't that what it means? Yeah. God yeah. damn it. Yeah. Yeah. Who knew Tom was a pedant? Jeez. <sighs> Paula, yes. Paula, is, what was the last thing you used that saw for before this? Uh, that saw has been handed down in my family for many, many years. Mm-hmm. And uh, although I have personally not used it, it was uh, used um, to make a, a coffin for my uh, great-great-grandfather. I did star in a neighborhood production of Where the Red Fern Grows. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was using it to chop the tree down with a coon up in it. And... Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, to satisfy the needs of old Dan and little Ann. Did you guys ever read Where the Wet Fern Grows? It's a sad one, right? Yeah, the dogs die. Yeah. Hope that, I didn't that's, why, that's why yeah. to this day, I have no idea where red ferns grow. I yeah. don't know. I never read the book. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you something, Peter. Tom, Tom, correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't this red fern? It could be. It could be. I need to Edengrain to tell for sure. Mm-hmm. Oh boy! Yeah, As I don't we think we do. have a close enough Zoom connection for you mm-hmm. to tell, but that is that's red fern that I'm working with. Where the red fern grows yeah. is kind of a clickbait title, right? Yeah. They could have just called it the woods, and right. then you'd be like, "Oh, that's where the red fern grows." But they want you to keep reading. Yeah, exactly. Oh, it's a page turner. I think we've really hit the ground running. I feel excellent right now. However, we're going to play a game. As listeners to the show know, we play a game. It will be woodworking themed today. And and so our (laughs) levels of woodworking expertise are varied, it seems like. So I'm going to bring in a special guest to answer some of your questions that you might have about woodworking before we get into the game as kind of background information. Now, our guest is also not an expert on woodworking, but she's going to try really hard, and she's smart, and she's nice, and I appreciate her being here to just... You know, maybe she'll Google it. Maybe she won't. Maybe she'll just wing it. Our special guest who will answer your questions about woodworking, she's a writer for Late Night with Seth Meyers. She is a Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me panelist as, as, as our, you know, we're all involved in the show. Welcome to the show, Karen Chi. Hi. Hello. Hi, Karen. Hello, Karen. How are you doing? Hi. I'm very excited. I also sort of resent being called a non-expert in woodworking. Okay. Because I feel like I know a lot about wood. That's okay. Is that true? I apologize then. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Um, Karen, <laughs> can I just ask you a quick question? Of course. Is this a red fern, do you think? Red- <laughs> you know, listen, I'd have to look at the end side. What did oh, you say? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Can you see that yeah. there? Oh, man, that's Tom, a red fern for sure. Tom uh, had no idea. I mean, you should have seen the question mark on the guy's forehead. <laughs> <laughs> One more joke like this, and we're going to be telling her where the red fern goes. Am I right, guys? (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, and good night. (laughs) I'll tell you where you can stick your red fern. (laughs) Where the dog don't shine. (laughs) Nope, that's nothing. Uh, So this segment is called Giving It Our All, A-W-L. 
it's a pun. And mm-hmm. each of you in sequence will have a chance to ask Karen a question about woodworking. Paula, you get a second question. I feel like that was a bonus question. Um, let's start with you. Do you have another question about wood or woodworking that you'd like Karen to, to answer? Um, yeah, I do. Um, uh, Karen, I've been having trouble with my counter sinking. Mm. Um, uh, uh, I can't seem to make it even. Is that because I haven't planed it correctly? That's that's such a classic wood question. <laughs> I see that in the wood community come up a lot, actually. And thankfully, I, I do know the answer. Basically, what's happening is that the earth is sinking beneath you. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. So it's really not so much of a counter problem as it is. You should probably move to a new neighborhood and have a new home, and then things will be fixed. Mm-hmm. Um, but as for as for your plane, I would say keep it smooth. Yeah, Keep as it, it happens, that's great advice. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. As it happens, I'm building a new home, and so oh, this, fantastic. So I'm able to take your. Uh, Paula has the saw again in her hand. <laughs> oh! <laughs> I'm genuinely nervous when I don't know. <laughs> it's like watching like a toddler with a knife. You know? it's, like, ah! yeah. <laughs> it's like that Twilight Zone when the kid has the gun. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the red friend grows and oh, then there's the dog. To, uh, this yeah. is the highest level of commitment I've seen to a bit in a I mean this this show is being live streamed, but there will be audio only listeners in the future, and I appreciate your commitment to pervasive saw wielding. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, for those audio people, uh I do have a uh, <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. I think that's a great answer. Any follow-ups for that, or does that satisfy your counter-based curiosity? Oh, no, that was great. Thank you. And, and later, <laughs> of course, I want to check in with you about uh, my biscuit joint, but that's, that's <laughs> later. Oh, yeah, I know all about biscuit joints. That's so, that, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Perfect. Peter Sagel, do you have any questions for our expert, Karen Chi, that you would like as background information on wood or woodworking going into our game? Yes. Um, does the word wood have a dirty meaning or did I just make that up? Because I that's think it such, does. Yes. And I'm worried that like that's a thing that occurred to me once and I just thought that that was a, like a, a, a dirty euphemism that people had. No, that's such a that's such a smart question. Um, so the word <laughs> wood was actually invented in 1746 by this man um, who Wait, lived which in like, northeastern Maine. <laughs> This you man, know, this guy, you invented the word. Let her go on. Yeah. Come on, Josh. All right. Don't you know how to host? She's I, on a row. Go. I just want a, to, to fully drink from the well of her knowledge. <laughs> you know, that's a great point. He was this man who was doing fine in his life. Anyway, this was back in the 1700s. Oh, that um, man. He, oh, yeah. Yeah. You've heard of him. The one who was He's doing fine. Yes. No, yeah. yeah. There weren't so many yeah. then. <laughs> I jumped in too soon. <laughs> <laughs> Most of them were dead by the age of 30, and this guy was 35 and thriving. Whoa. Yeah, he, so, so wood d- does also mean uh, your private parts, famously, and it's basically because he saw a tree and thought, man, that looks like my private parts, and so he invented the word wood. Mm. And um, since then, it's actually meant both, so I really wow. have no idea what okay. people so are talking about. So that was the primary, that was the first meaning of the word wood. We invented yeah, that's why it. you never want right. to Google woodworking on Google. Yeah. You know, well, you don't else. want not, don't Google chopping the wood. Mm-hmm. Mm. 
Yeah. That feels like something mm-hmm. that happens when you're a baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no? <laughs> yeah, like eight days okay. old, Chop. they chop the yeah, wood. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. chopping the morning wood. <sighs> that a great question, a great answer, Peter. Mm-hmm. Does that satisfy your curiosity? I don't know what do I'm doing follow-ups? here. I mean, Karen's got this. Done. I'm I, I'm I'm very satisfied. I just want to know more about the guy. <laughs> are there any? Do you know if there are any any po- accessible popular histories of the guy? Because I would read that. Yeah, imagine, you know what, I just imagine actually... a book like like Doris Kearns Goodwin, like the guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that it was guy. called Doing yeah, Fine by Doris yeah, Kearns Goodwin. <laughs> exactly. It's, yeah, that guy by that guy. Doris Kearns Goodwin. You know, the yeah, guy. it's actually it's a really it's really cool. He was a nice man. <laughs> he was known for living on a street and having friends. Yeah, um that's a good life, man. Yeah. I heard Doris Kearns Goodwin interviewed the other day, and she was saying that um Lyndon Johnson, Lyndon B. Johnson, used to often Ask her about the guy. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. You're right. Yeah. Lyndon B. Johnson was famously a huge fan of the guy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And Durst Kearns Goodwin, he knew that. We know. She is our foremost the guy scholar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I love her book, Team of Guys. <laughs> <laughs> Just basically the guy, yeah. some of his friends hanging out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Coining mm-hmm. words. Yeah. Coining words. Yeah. The model, the model for us today. Tom, you are probably one of the two foremost woodworking experts currently uh, on this show. So I would encourage you to ask Karen like an especially difficult question about wood and woodworking, something that's eluded you in your work over the years. Mm. Oh, I wish I'd had more prep on that. What I came (laughs) up with was a multiple choice. I actually thought I'd go easy on on you, which was probably unfair of me to think that you you wouldn't know as much as you do because you certainly Yeah, really condescending. I know, I know. It's just... I, you know, what can I, what can I say? It's, it's, it's a generational thing. Um, so, so here, here's, here's the question. There, there's, there's something called a mullion. Mm, um, yes, so love a mullion. Is a mullion, A, a type of mud from the bogs of Northern Ireland used to hone the finest carving chisels? Or B, a vertical wood divider in a window or screen perhaps even made from red fern, or C, a type of wild shallot whose bulbs are dried and used for decorative cabinet knobs. Wow, this is a great question. And I'm actually going to answer D, all of the above, (laughs) depending on how you're feeling that day. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Wow, you know, you you could be right. I mean, there probably is a mud of some. I mean, there's so many varieties of mud in Northern Ireland bogs that there yeah. probably is one that you could sharpen chisels with, and we will forevermore call that mullion. All right, and all right. and <laughs> okay, there are probably good. a lot of wild shallots, big knobby things. If dried properly, mm. would make passable decorative knobs. I think again, you have shown me that I I underestimate at my peril. Wait a minute. I think I so really showed you the, how narrow-minded you are. You put it in a window? What? Yeah. Yeah, that's... <laughs> no, that was just bullshit. Um, no. No. Actually, that's that's what it is. It's a vertical divider in a window or screen. So, not the horizontal oh, one. Oh, vertical that's, divider yeah. in a window yeah. or screen. Uh-huh. Is it the thing that holds up 
that essentially holds the window pane up? Well, yeah, it's like if you have two panes of glass and there's a little Mm -hmm. thing that supports the the glass. Right, right. Okay, that was a trick question. I knew when I was asking you. (laughs) Karen, did you ever see the movie The Birds? No. The Alfred Hitchcock scary black and white movie. Well, oh, at, no, 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 but I haven't seen it because it is scary. It's very not scary. not like scary movies. Well, yeah. at one point, the... the it's the, not that scary. They're just birds. It's very scary. Okay, oh, that's, watched, what, that's what they think in the movie, and then... Yeah, and yeah, you know, sure. eyes pecked out. I mean, it's... Peter's <laughs> <laughs> imagine really Hitchcock pitching it. Yeah, everybody thinks they're not scary, but then it says Hitchcock. Birds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Peter's not you scary. Bird, like, enemy. A lot of you don't realize because you can't see him, but his, his eyes... Um, we're pecked wild, out. Like dinner plates. And anyway, I'm sorry. I interrupted. Or wait, so you're asking Karen about birds. There's a scene where the the main male character was it Rod Taylor maybe was um, he's boarding up the windows of their house Ooh. because the birds keep mm. you know breaking the windows and flying in, and uh, and he and says breaking to, the mullions too. Exactly, he says to <laughs> Tippy Hedren, they've they've made short work of these mullions. Um, so if you're, if you're a film buff like me, I've barely been able to get time away from my woodworking to inform my film, uh, uh, um, encyclopedic knowledge. But that's, Mm -hmm. that's what I think of when I think of that word. There is knowledge just flying in all directions. Great questions. Karen Chi, thank you so much. Maybe we'll see you again a little later, or maybe a lot. Depends yeah, on what not. you got to do tonight. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Um, thank you, thank, thank you. you. That Karen. has been that has How been our Karen? segment, giving it our all. Karen Chi, our guest expert, and now it's time to jump into our game. Our game today is called Would You Rather, spelled W O O D. Another pun. We take the time to prep this game for this show, even if we aren't all experts in woodworking. We all have our own preferences for wood and wood-adjacent experiences, and that's what today's game will deal with. I'm going to ask questions about the uh, specifics of wood. It's subjective. As always, I will judge your answers based on the accuracy, creativity, and how much they delight me specifically. Tom, Peter, and Paula, are you ready to play Would You Rather? Yes. Yes. I feel yes. Like I say, yes. This is like an exit row. You have to have like a verbal yes, right? Right. Yes. Yeah, that's right. it. Fair. Otherwise, we can't take off the, the game. <laughs> I just yeah. have to sit here waiting. First question. What is the best quality that wood can have in general or for a specific type of wood? What's the best quality in a piece of wood? Yeah, being a good listener. <laughs> Tell me more. Any wood that listens well is it's, you know, a good listener is almost even among people, it's even sexy. You know, being a good listener is so important. And certainly in the world of wood, it's no less important. Sure, you don't want wood that's always interrupting you. No, exactly. Or you have to repeat again what you already said. Mm -hmm. I hate Mm -hmm. that. I'm just going to say, and Paula knows that I love her and have loved her for decades, that it is impossible that the wood in her house would like to say something is just waiting for a moment to get a word in. <laughs> no, my wood is yeah. very, very, uh, it, just, it just listens. It's just quiet all night long. Just Perfect. That's a great answer. That's uh, 250 points to Paula for this answer. Excellent. Peter or Tom, thoughts on uh, the best quality wood can have? I, I brought 
actually a couple examples because, I mean, wood is so, I mean, it's, it's so job specific, right? If you're building a house, you need this kind of wood. If you're building a beautiful piece of furniture, it's a different kind of wood. And there's, you know, what do you want in, in a wood? Like this, this piece of wood here is a piece of, of, of white oak and it's, and it's quarter sawn, which gives it that, you see that little modeling effect on there? That's, uh, that's called oh, yeah. ray, rayfleck because you're essentially looking like into the rings of the, of the log when, and, and you see that. So white oak is really strong. It's really hard. It'll last forever because it's filled with tannins, which makes it very impervious to rot and, and many insects. So furniture Tom, build, don't talk down you know, to us. It's yeah, not like no. we don't know what tannins are. If we wanted kind of a lesson on wood, we would ask Karen Chi. All right. Honestly. Sorry. Well, then let me just say, this is a piece of hard or soft maple. It's, this would, people would call this blistered maple because of the figure in it, which is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Very, very pretty stuff and almost impossible to work with. But we do it because it's so beautiful. <laughs> so, I mean, we struggle with it. It makes your tools dull. It splits out. It does all of the things. You know the, the, you, what you learned the hard way, Peter, going the end grade? Yeah. yeah, your plane does that no matter which way you go at these things. So um, it's very difficult, always worth the effort. I, I don't know. The, to me, honestly, Josh, right now, the best quality in a piece of wood is, is beauty because that's, I mean, bringing out the, the grain and the, um, the luster of a, of a piece of wood um, is just one of the most rewarding parts of, of woodworking. I love that. Tom, that answer is worth 350 points. Whoa! Nice, Tom. Yeah. I was really trying. We're doing great. Peter, what is the best quality that wood can have? The best quality of wood, in my view, is patina, which is a word I've always known but had to look up how to say. Patina. Mm. Which is the, the qualities that you acquire through age. Because the best thing about wood is that the older it gets, the better it gets. People praise wood for being old and antique. And that is in stark contrast, contrast <laughs> to human beings. And I, and, I, and I mean, I wish in that regard I was a piece of wood. The fact that I am now the age I am, people would value me more because of the, the scars. And, you know, people would, would cut me open and say, wow, look at all the rings. Look at how long. <laughs> Imagine what he's seen. Yeah. And they'd praise me for my age. I mean, no... No tree, no beautiful flowering oak been there for God knows how many decades or even a century has ever lost a job to a sapling (laughs) because the casting director figured the audience would like to see somebody a little younger. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, I mean, you know, the, the, the older wood gets, the better it gets. Yes, it rots eventually, but don't we all? But until then, it has class. Mm -hmm. And I just admire that about it. That's beautiful. Patina. You say, I thought it was patina, but it's not. Patina. You know, I, 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 I thought I, I thought it was patina. So I see. I I'm so glad we did this show, Josh. Um, <laughs> I'm learning, and I'm gonna. Uh, not only, I, I'm gonna I say to patina from now on in the shop, and none of the woodworkers will know what I'm talking about. It'll be mm-hmm. a wonderful learning experience. Oh, had you said it as patina before, and then they there was like a chuckling behind the shelves? No, I think. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I looked it up, by the way, on the internet and those many pronunciation sites, and it had both a British and an American button to push. So in American, it's patina. But in British English, it's patina. Well, in Vermont English, (laughs) it's patina. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) 
Patina. Patina. Controversy is daring this show apart. <laughs> Peter, this answer is worth 300 points even. Whoa. Wow. Good job, Peter. Very effective. Just I feel 300. like Tom cheated by bringing samples, but I'll yeah. forgive him. Hey. Peter, hey. Peter's using strategy, though. That's good. Peter's using strategy. Tom's bringing in foreign objects like it's a wrestling match. Can I just point I, out that the age on this, this is about a 30-year-old piece of curly maple, and this is a, a new piece of curly maple. So oh, you see, see the patina wow. on, see what I mean? on this? Say, yes. See what I mean? My yes. point is proved by Tom's it, props. It mellows, it mellows with age. Points. Absolutely. That's beautiful. If we're using props, I would just like to use my... Sorry. <laughs> Every time you do that, terror courses through my veins. I'm a very nervous person. <laughs> Next question. If you were stranded on a desert island, what one woodworking tool would you want to have with you, assuming that you could bring only one? A cross-cut canoe. Yeah, that's a good idea. You know, You're going straight to canoe that you can that you can use for sawing across the grain, and it's a but it's also a canoe. <laughs> so it's got kind of a it's like a Swiss Army knife of boats. Yeah, is what you're saying. Well, not really. It's good for two things. It's good for sawing as a crosscut saw, and it's yes. good for being a canoe. So it's hmm. more like a Swiss Army. It's not so much a Swiss Army knife. It's like one of those pen knives that has like a little knife or a file at the end. Mm-hmm. It's sure. more like that model. Or one of those canes. One yeah. of those canes that's got a knife in the tip. Oh yeah, that's very true. villainous. Yeah. Uh, you know, the thing with the Swiss Army knife, though, is it's got like 12 tools in it, and none of them are very good. So yeah. um, I wonder about a cross-cut canoe. I mean, if you're on a desert <laughs> island and you head out, you know, I don't know. I'm just, I'm not questioning your choice, but... You think you think you're getting kind of a, a, no. a futon of canoes, a canuton, if you will, where it's yeah. not a very satisfying saw and not a very satisfying I, canoe. I'm yeah. beginning, you know, it's probable that I would come to regret buying my crosscut <laughs> canoe out of the little bins they have by the cash register at Home Depot. <laughs> you know, Jeff. You know, like but it's, it's also a maglite, though. <laughs> <laughs> why are those? Why are those kind of pocket knives with all the things called Swiss Army knives? We're like the Swiss famous for that. I mean, is that why no one ever attacked them in it, all the years of inter-European warfare? Because everybody knew that if you went at the Swiss, they'd come at you with both like a hole punch and a little scissors a with a spring screw. on it. Nobody could, yeah. yeah. Well, you I know mean, they're very small. The knives are very small, tradition. Yeah. Swiss child soldiers. Yeah. That's, oh, that's yeah. terrible. I oh, thought God. it was because they, you know, they don't really fight in any of the wars. And why everyone else is fighting in wars, they're like... Well, what do we got? You know, well, we could add, we, I don't know, how, how, what are we up to on the knife now? We got seven things. Like, we can they're do. just sitting around <laughs> waiting for the war that would never come, and some guy just glued his knife to his screwdriver 300 years ago, and never, yeah. an industry yeah. was born. Yeah. What are we doing? We're clipping our nails. We're opening bottles of wine. That's what we do during the war. We're Switzerland. No, a lot of people don't realize this, but the French are terrified of tweezers. <laughs> no, yes. <laughs> Um, a great answer. This is a great answer. This answer is worth 475 points. Huge. Oh, nice. Yeah. Very impressive. Take that, Absolutely. Yeah, that was a swing. Other single woodworking tools to take to a desert island, Paula or Tom? 
Tom, you want to go? Yeah, uh, well, I'll go. Um, I needed to click, because sometimes when people say desert island, they mean like deserted island. So I, I, it's two different things. Like if it's a desert island, I would take one thing. If it's okay. just a, like a mound of sand, if it's a deserted island, which just means okay. there's nobody on it, but there's trees, I would take something else. This oh. is both. Desert island, nobody around. Sand, mm-hmm. no people. Okay, so in that case... I, I would take a, a, a workbench, a large workbench, um, <laughs> because um, you could use it for shelter while you're mm-hmm. there. Um, you could, if you really get desperate, use it as a raft. You know, you could cling mm-hmm. to it and go float away. Or if you just, if I sat there long enough and as I started to lose my mind, I could use it as like a performance stage to do the musical numbers that I, mm-hmm. the few that I know by heart for the Scott seagulls until I just collapsed into a desiccated it's mound of... It's often said, and, and we, we have survivors' uh, accounts to, to prove this, that the last stages before you succumb to madness and starvation, right before you start to hallucinate and, and see your loved ones and just lie in the sand and die... They tend to put on one-man shows. <laughs> I think I've got Very one tragic. in me. One last yeah. one in me. And, and just for the record, if it was a deserted island, I would, I would just take a, a hatchet because, you sure. know. Okay. I mean, I, I carry a hatchet all the time. I mean, sure, yeah. I mean, you just pulled out a hatchet. Right. I mean, you, know. you can do Tom's anything. You can do anything with these things. I'd say it's a hammer. Paul's it's a knife. It's a, and everybody wants to carry guns, but they're useless except for, like, one thing. You've got a hatchet. Paul has got a saw. Peter is like a... Uh, I, I, I didn't know we'd be doing prop comedy. He, he's armed with knowledge. Peter's armed Peter with knowledge. Is a, Peter is a screwdriver short of this being the most rustic street gang I've ever encountered. <laughs> <laughs> um, this, is a great, this is a great answer. This, ans- this answer is worth uh, 350 points again. Tom. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome, Paula. If I could have one working, one woodworking tool on a deserted island, I would have yeah. the saw phone. Let me show you how that works. <laughs> <laughs> come get me, come get me. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I don't know if my jugular can take much more of this, I'll tell you that. This is the most saw to throat I would say in the history of this show, for sure. Yeah, well, No one has ever taken a saw barely. to their own throat this many times. Barely. I, I barely, slightly yeah. edged out the last saw to throat guy. But, I'm so oh glad boy. I was here for this. Yeah, I'm hoping that there's some sort of workman's comp thing coming my way. <laughs> <laughs> this, Paula, you get 500 points for this. Just a surplus of points. You know what? It was well worth just barely slicing my jugular. For those 500 points. I'd do it again. I, I would make that same decision again. I can't offer you health care, but I can offer you 500 points. <laughs> <sighs> Next question. What one piece of wooden furniture would be most likely to betray you if it were a person? Obviously, the answer is not so much furniture, but wood-handled woodworking tools. Oh. Right? oh. You know, yeah. you're, you're, I mean, like maybe Tom's hatchet has a wood handle because they're traders. Yes. They're absolute traitors. They're like, you know, they are like cutting their brethren, their family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're, they're, it's the worst, I imagine. Well, they're that, forced but, to do it, though. I mean. Well, you know, they could quit. They could splinter. 
oh, just following orders. Where are we <laughs> exactly, that? You know, <laughs> yeah. Oh, they gave you a nice spot on the rack. Oh, they're not going to turn you into a chair, so you're going to turn me into a chair. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I imagine yeah. that lumber, like raw lumber, looks at wooden handled woodworking tools the way that like Mel Gibson looks at Robert the Bruce when he realizes he's been betrayed in Braveheart. Mm-hmm. They just mm-hmm. fall to the ground and weep. That's what I imagine. Mm-hmm. I'm never going to look at my chisels the same way you, you see can. what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I want to give you 200 of my points. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is unprecedented. Tom's giving Peter 200 of his points. I have to allow it. <laughs> it's happening. That's 200 more points to Peter via Tom. I will also give Peter 200 points. I'll match that very generously. Uh, yeah, 200 more points. That's 400 points to Peter. And I guess 200 points taken away from Tom? Yeah, okay. All right. Yeah. You know what? I couldn't have guessed this was going to happen. Mm. Mm-mm. There's twists this and is, turns in this game. There are. Yeah, there it's are. extraordinary. It's chaos. Tom or Paula, thoughts on a, an untrustworthy piece of wooden furniture that might betray you? I think that uh, like those folded folding wooden step stools, that oh, you yeah. know those little oh. two step things, mm-hmm. like they look stable. They are not. You get up and you step on the top, and they do that little the the wobble thing. And then when you go mm-hmm. to like fold it up. You know, you pinch your finger or mm-hmm. you leave it out. You trip over it in the dark. I mean, they are a hazard everywhere they are. They're almost useless. And and they creak. So say everyone's gone to bed at night except you. And the mm-hmm. secret cookie mm-hmm. stash above the fridge requires the two-step step stool. And you get up on it, it goes, are you eating the cookies? <laughs> you know? And, and mm-hmm. so that, I mean, who would want a friend like that? I wouldn't. Yeah. So, I mean, no and and step la- wooden step ladders. I mean, they're just they're just bigger and more malevolent. And whenever I see a step ladder, I'm always I'm always reminded, and I tell the ladder, "You're not my real ladder. You're just married to my mom." <laughs> um, <laughs> Tom, that is a 700 point answer. Incredible Boy. work. Yeah, just, we're cooking. Boy, Tom's coming. Yeah. Back. Just imagine this heartwarming, this heartwarming thing where you like you need the ladder. There's this big crisis, and finally mm-hmm. you find yourself in need of the ladder, and you just refer to it as your ladder. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And yeah, there's yeah. like a tear, man. It's like, yeah. whoa, finally. Mm-hmm. Hey, ladder, and you don't say step. And yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Before that, moment. it was just like mm. I was just calling it Mike. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Mike. <laughs> and it's like yeah, <laughs> you kept trying to be your friend. It was like, hey, yeah. would you like to stand on me and get one of these beers, Josh? And you're like, I don't do that. <laughs> I can. I have plenty of things to stand on, Mike. <laughs> Just use this well, stack of books. Just because my mother likes to stand on you doesn't mean I have to. <laughs> I'll never stand on you. I'm going to keep you behind the, beside the fridge forever. This is getting close to the bone, Josh. Are your parents still together? Are they, good? they are. They're watching okay. the show. All right. Paula, thoughts on a, 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 a piece of wooden furniture that is likely to betray you? Well, I don't know if it's technically furniture, but I would say okay. a, a wooden coffin. Like, I just got in to try it on for size, and then the, <laughs> and then it shuts. I'm like... Knocking. No, no, I was just. I was, hello. I was just. Uh, and, then, and, and then I would say, you know, I think this is redwood. I. Uh, I, re- I recognize that wood. It's redwood. Yeah. I. I think about my own death 
not infrequently, but it's never occurred to me to try on a coffin. But I do. How else do you know it's gonna fit? Well, all right. Wouldn't that be the Wouldn't that be the worst if you pick a if you pick one, and you don't try it on because who does yeah. that? Yep. Can you guys and you see get to that? Roll and doesn't fit. Oh, oh my yeah. god! <laughs> There's a coffin in the background yeah. of Paula's room. <laughs> yeah, I see you've taken the door off like you do an old refrigerator, so that doesn't happen mm-hmm. again. Right? <laughs> yeah, so people don't get trapped in it. It's, <laughs> it's why filled. Do Paula, why, why do you have a coffin in your in your house? It's filled with um, family games, you know, Monopoly and and uh, Masterpiece and and uh, mm-hmm. apples to apples, and so. Um, Apples to apples, dust to dust is the version yeah. in the coffin. <laughs> it's kind of a metaphor. Um, no, it's a it's a shelf, um, but it happens to be made out of coffin. Peter, this is what I always do. Is this is this is maybe wrong? But you were talking about getting a coffin that doesn't fit. I always buy one size too small, and I'm like, I'll lose the weight. And then I'm just dead, <laughs> and then I do. Well, yeah, no, so yeah. I guess I guess the I guess the coffin equivalent will be I'll live so long I'll shrink. I'll shrink, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, right. sh- yeah. I'll shrink you myself know, into people it. People do, and then yeah. you don't because you were fighting with your stepladder. Yeah. Mine is Paula. My, mine is uh, I'll cut my head off. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Paula, that is a 500 point answer. Tremendous work. We had an inquiry at, at Hatchspace about doing a, mm-hmm. a class for people to build their own coffins. Um, really? Yeah. And, really? And we kind of laughed about it, but then you mention it every once in a while, you know, to people, and they're like, that's not a bad idea. I mean, like, yeah. how ghoulish would that be? Like, build your own coffin class. What would you think if you saw that on a, on a poster in a, in a wholesome community workshop? I'm it not would be sh- very weird. Yeah, I'm not sure I would look forward to meeting my classmates. <laughs> okay. Well, the, the good news, you wouldn't have to spend very long with them, Paula. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I want to be, be um, uh, composted. Anyways, I don't. Oh, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be buried in this in this coffin. This coffin um, is is just holds our family games. <laughs> <laughs> I um I think the problem would be you build your coffin and then you keep living and then where do you keep the coffin? Like right? probably that you don't buy till later. Yeah, Paula has solved it. You stand it on its end and you start <laughs> yeah, your family games. Right, that's right. That's great. That would that would be the third session of the class is building the shelving for. For the interim period, <laughs> for the family right. games, perfect. The teacher would say at the at the beginning of each class, for those of you still with us. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Final question, and this is for all the marbles. This we're neck and neck here, so this could go any which way. Speaking of necks, ah, yes. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I really walked right into that one, <laughs> to that song. If you could give Wood a piece of constructive criticism, a critique to take to heart, what would it be? What would you tell Wood? I'd say, um, and if Wood is listening, I want you to know I mean this with love, I'd say stop creaking. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. I mean, because yeah. there's so many things we love about wood. We love the way it looks, the way that we love it smells, the way that we love it feels. You're walking up the stairs and you put your hand on the old wooden banister and you're comforted by its smooth, its smooth surface. Nobody likes it squeaking, especially yeah. because I'm walking up the stairs in order to kill somebody. And, yeah. <laughs> 
I mean, seriously, nobody ever says, nobody, nobody ever like walks on a squeaky board in their house. And I do this all the time because I have an old house and says, ha ha, this old wonderful house. I'm so glad it makes that terrible noise whenever I the step music. across this. The, the music yeah. of the floorboards just, is phenomenal. Just, you know, I'd say, I'd say to Wood, you have a lot of skills and so many qualities, but singing, not one of them. That's a great answer. It is. Peter, it is. Yeah, that answer is terrific. Wood, yeah, shush, Wood. Yeah. That's yeah. all we got to say. Yeah. Let's yeah. creak in. There's, there's also other sounds it makes. It's good. A snapping, a thwacking. That's sometimes very satisfying. But a creaking, mm-hmm. never. Yeah. There are, a lot of no, there are a lot of good wood noises. The yeah. thwack mm-hmm. of a bat or right. ball. Yes. Not, Nobody knocking, creaking. you know, wood blocks. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. God. Yes. Solid knock. Yeah. My God. Love yeah. a knock. You know, even, even the sound of like sanding wood is yep. nice. You know, very satisfying. But the, 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 the creaking, no. It's never good. Never That's good. So yeah. yeah, Peter, that answer is terrific. It is worth 825 points. Whoa. Wow. Yeah, huge. Peter's racing. I think, I think it's what the kids call a throwdown, guys. <laughs> it is a throwdown. Absolutely. Paula or Tom, thoughts on you know, Tom, I, for Wood? I, I would, if I was giving advice to Wood, I would say, don't be so goddamn flammable. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that right? honestly, Paula, that was my that was my advice. What as is well. it? Wow. Yeah, that wood needs to chill. Yeah, uh, exactly. Have you, I mean, <laughs> have you noticed? Like, there is a fire station, a fully manned fire station, like every mile in this world, right? I mean, they're everywhere, and wood it is almost entirely due to you. That's because mm-hmm. you. I mean, I think you could just lower the temp a little bit, or raise the ignition point. I mean, we mm-hmm. love we love it when you burn, when we throw you in the fireplace. But yeah. I wouldn't mind yeah. if you made it a little bit harder for us to get you going. That's all I'm yeah. saying. Right? Yeah. I mean, right. I can use more newspaper, whatever, to do it. But I think if you would, like, just burst into flames, like, maybe just 10 degrees higher— I think yeah, we'd all yeah. be better off. Exactly. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and be able to recognize children with matches and know that you just don't burn for them. Don't burn yeah. for them. Yeah, just, just like, don't give them what they want. It's right. never the right discerning. choice. Don't yes. spoil them. Pick yeah, your spots. Them. Pick yeah. your spots, Wood. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. These are... Virtually identical answers. Well, we so yeah, we kind of give... co-wrote that that one. Yeah, that's all right. Uh, Virtually identical scores. We're very close. Paula, your answer I think is worth a clean eight hundred points. Yeah. Tom, your answer is worth eight fifty, just because that little the grain, the detail on it, the fine grain. That's eight hundred fifty points. How weird is that? Oh, well, very weird. Who could have predicted this? Who could have seen this <laughs> happening? This. <laughs> This brings us to the end of our game of Would You Rather. Tom, your total score, your final score, is 2,050 points. Paula, your final score is 2,050 points. Peter, your final score is 2,050 points. This is the second ever three-way tie in Make My Day history. Tied for the highest all-time score in the history of the show, how do you feel? I, yeah, I, I, you know, I again, I'm tearing up, and it's because I'm so happy for you two guys. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, mean, I humbled. I mean, I, I would say I humbled. So I, 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 I feel bitter because I can't feel good about myself unless I make other people feel bad. But <laughs> I'll live with it. Well, humbled is not I, exactly a good feeling. I mean, <laughs> that's true. So you make a good point. Yeah. <laughs> 
You're never like, nobody's ever like, oh, I was so high last night. I was humbled as hell. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best I've ever felt. <laughs> this is incredible. So as the, the three co-champions, you each win a $100 donation to the charity or cause of your choice. I will presume the money will be going to Hatch Space tonight for, from all three contestants. It will be I'm giving my money to Hatch donation. Space. I, I, don't, I don't know. I heard about another nonprofit woodworking educational center <laughs> that's a little younger and cuter over here in my town. So I was like, no, no, yes, of course. <laughs> Tom stays strapped with the hatchet, though, so I'm not, <laughs> I'm not dressing with him. Well, th- thank you. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, Peter, and, and everyone for, for, you know, for this. This Tom, is so important to us. I'm not sure that I'm going to be available to donate my money because ah! <laughs> <laughs> oh no we should have amended her will um, <laughs> that's right I'll, I'll take her hundred dollars and build a coffin for her <laughs> <laughs> this is a great choice of contribution from our three co-champions and all-time high scorers our final segment this evening on our show the pep talks we will each give a pep talk to someone or a group that we think deserves it. If people want to make their own donations, the link is still there. And if people have suggestions for pep talk uh, recipients, please fill them in. I'll give mine first. I've prepared one. But send along some, and our contestants will extemporize for you. If you don't, they'll they'll pick their own pep talk targets, and, and you don't want that. You, you might want that. But I'll go first. My pep talk is for wooden baseball bats. Let's start here. You have hit so many home runs. That is very cool. Home runs are like the slam dunks of baseball. Or maybe slam dunks are like the home runs of basketball. Either way, they're both awesome, and you are good at the one of them that you do. And you can't really expect to do the other one. It's just not what you're built for. And sure, it might be tempting to compare yourself to metal baseball bats. They're lighter. They hit balls further and faster. Sometimes they're even shinier, which is not really part of the core mission of a baseball bat, but it's nice. You can't live, wooden baseball bats, you can't live by comparing yourself to others. You are sturdy and you hit balls so far, but not so hard that you're a danger to Major League Baseball players, which is a plus. All you can do is your best with your thick, solid core. You used to be a tree. I don't know what kind of tree, I didn't look it up. But now, instead of spending all day turning carbon dioxide into oxygen, you just get to chill and play the least physically taxing of all our major sports although it is probably harder on you than it is on the players themselves. You've made it, wooden baseball bats. You're doing great. And that's what I like to call a slam dunk. Moving, right. That was so beautiful. Thank you. And whoever would like to go next is free to go next. I have a pep talk for Simone Biles. Look, not everyone's good at gymnastics. Just keep trying. The important thing is that you get out there and try, you know? It's good that you can walk across the beam. Give yourself credit for every little bit you're able to do. So you're not so good at triple flips and quadruple twists. It doesn't matter. You're a nice person. That's the important thing. And you know what? When you're not very good at it, it makes some of the other girls feel better. There you go. (laughs) A beautiful pep talk. Mm. A beautiful pep talk. Did you for see that? Biles. Did you see the video of her doing? Uh, God knows what the hell it was. A, yeah. Qua- yeah. a quadruple quint- 
tuple. It, 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 it looked like something out of a Warner Brothers cartoon. There was so much twisting yeah. and flipping. And then it just- It was incredible. Landed like it was, like it was me. Well, I would say like me parking the car in front of the house, but I'm not that good a driver. It was amazing. <laughs> it was amazing. It was incredible. You should look it up. It was so wonderful. We have a few more audience suggestions. We have uh, Bart Coleman has suggested a pep talk for Pinocchio. Van Brenner has suggested a pep talk for toothpicks. Heidi Vanderlee has requested a pep talk for people who hate using the air conditioner. Danielle Garfinkel has asked for a pep talk for Bitcoin. And um, Ross Bratton has asked for a pep talk for splinters. So if any of those appeal to you, uh, seize on one, Tom or Peter. And uh, and whoever's ready, go for well, it. Well, I, I actually, I have one. Tom should probably go last. So I have one. This is, but... This is a specific pep talk to a, a very specific person who I can't identify for reasons that will become clear. But the person I am talking to will know. So listen, that thing that you can't stop thinking about, that terrible thing you did that you don't even want to think about, but it just keeps coming up at random moments in your day. And sometimes it comes upon you so suddenly it makes you physically wince or even yelp. Like, oh God, like, can you believe you were that dumb or ins- and insensitive? That thing, you know the thing I'm talking about, right? I'm here to tell you, it's okay. The people you offended back then, first of all, they weren't angry so much as just kind of embarrassed and awkward. And you know what? They have forgotten all about it by now. It was years ago. They don't even think about it. They think about all the goddamn dumb things they did in their lives that keep sneaking up on them and make them yelp out loud at random moments. So they told me to tell you that it's okay. They've forgotten all about it. And if they hadn't forgotten it, they'd forgive you. You don't have to worry about it anymore. Let it go. You should worry about the other thing you did. Yeah, I know about that too. <laughs> wow. We all heard the creaking of the boards. Yeah. We know what you did. <laughs> Thank you, Peter. I really needed that. Beautiful. I'm yeah. sure you did. That was, <laughs> that was something from a class reunion. I'm sure of it. <laughs> it was impressive. Tom. Yeah, I think I, I think I'll take the the toothpick. It's it's maybe the lowest form of woodworking. Honestly, I <laughs> have no idea how toothpicks are made. But what I do know is that a lot of shop work is about ruining boards. Um, you cut it in too short or too narrow, or you blow it up in some other way, and it ends on, and then somebody else uses it for their project. They blow it, and pretty soon you've got scraps on the floor of the shop that you sweep up into a dustpan and throw in a barrel, and it goes out to some dump or a fire somewhere. But toothpicks, that's your raw material. Like everything that we throw out can be a toothpick. It's like the aspiration that all discarded, junk, ruined wood. Um, can aspire to be. So you should be proud to be there for that class of wood, which otherwise has no point. And, And I'm speaking also of warped lumber, which there's increasingly more warped lumber in the world. I don't know what is behind it. Some say it's the Democrats, some say it's pizza. But there are far more warp boards than straight boards um, in this world. And warp boards make excellent toothpicks and they have nothing to be ashamed of at all. And neither do, neither do you. That's beautiful. Thank you 
so much. These were three great pep talks. That's been our show. This has been a live Make My Day. Thank you to this week's champions, Tom Bodette, Paula Poundstone, and Peter Sagal. If you have your own answers to tonight's game of Would You Rather, tweet them at me at, at Josh Gondelman or at Make My Day Pod. And that's the show. Make My Day is a Radio Point production produced by Houston Snyder and Naomi Steinberg, recorded and edited by Kat Iosa, executive produced by Alex Bach, Rich Corson, and Daniel Powell. If you like the show, please rate and review it as highly as your conscience allows. A five-star review really helps. We'll be back next week. Until then, have several nice days. 